Welcome to the Quella Podcast, a safe space for women by women. In each episode, we chat with inspiring women who are passionate about education, entrepreneurship, women's empowerment, and everything in between. Women who are unapologetic about taking up space where they are with what they have. We share their stories, their highs and lows, and delve deeper into the issues that make them tick. Stay curious, stay engaged, and remember, you matter. Michaela is a young woman who aspires to inspire young females to rise above their circumstances by creating a vision for themselves and by focusing on the positives in their lives. She's an HR graduate, duty manager at Once Travel and healthcare placement rep at Ubuntu Bet. Michaela exudes confidence, self-awareness and a deep affection towards others. In episode three of the Quella podcast, she speaks to us on her journey of self-love, healing and forgiveness and draws from her lived experiences as a young woman navigating life's ebb and flow and becoming the best version of herself. Welcome to the Quella podcast. Um, I briefly told you a little bit about this platform. So it's basically a space for women like myself and yourself and many other women um, to basically come together and to talk about, you know, issues and things that matter to us, um, you know, things that are dear to our hearts and things that inspire us and our journeys and our beautiful stories. And I thought that, you know, it is Women's Month and I had been so inspired by you, you know, just you as Michaela. And I just thought it would be such a great opportunity to basically talk to you and, you know, learn more from you. But before we go into that um, whole conversation that I'm really excited for, I just wanted to firstly just know how are you doing? How have you been? Um, I've been good, uh, you know, nothing much to do during lockdown. Mm-hmm. I'm currently still working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been busy a bit with work. But other than that, anything else, uh, yeah, staying indoors, going for a little cycle here and there and mm-hmm. semi looking after my health, you know, during this time, mm-hmm. which is very important. And yeah, just basically also taking good care of my mental health because it is one of those triggered um, situations where you can get caught up in dark moments very easily, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not able to interact with that many people at this point in time. So it's very, um, very important to look after yourself during this time as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm basically doing. Amazing. I, I really like the fact that you speak about you know, how you've been looking after yourself and, you know, your mental health. Um, I think also, like, I would definitely agree with you. It's actually one of those really important things, especially, you know, as you say, during this time, you know, um, how are you, how are you taking care of yourself? You mentioned cycling, what other ways are you sort of making sure that you're in a good mental state? Well, I, apart from cycling, um, I try to like, um, engage in 
things that makes me feel as of like um how can i say like self affirmation in the morning mm-hmm. um nothing really hectic with exercise and that is concerned because i'm not an exercise girl you know <laughs> so i'm not working out i'm not about to head to the gym or anything like that mm-hmm. so it's just those small tiny things that makes me feel like uh oh, i've actually accomplished something today so like yeah just your um daily meditations i do a lot of um inspirational readings i read mm-hmm. at least three inspirational quotes a day that i know will like boost my system and also just reminding myself every morning when i wake up um a aff- affirmation to myself you know because i think that is also very important yeah yeah no for sure um no definitely i i'm 100% with you on that um so for today's chat um we had obviously spoken about this um offline for a bit and um you know i was just you know inspired by i was just scrolling on facebook the other day and i came across your um video that you posted i actually noticed today that it was shared so many times and you know so many comments and it was just like such an inspiring video on forgiveness and healing and you know and just how forgiveness and healing is just you know so such an important thing and then oftentimes you carry all these burdens with us that we really yeah. shouldn't actually be carrying you know what i mean so i would yeah, really sure. love to to talk to you about that however also before we get into that um do you mind just introducing yourself maybe you know just telling whoever is has taken the time to listen to our chat today just a little bit just a brief background on yourself before we get into you know all the 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 wellness and and nourishing bits yeah for sure okay cool so basically i am mikaela i am a 24 year old female um grew up in Cape Town still residing in Cape Town um i aspire basically to inspire young females um young females and old of course um to basically just take care of themselves and um to not be that hard on themselves because i think often us as females we take so much responsibility on upon ourselves to say mm-hmm. like um you know we have to do this and that and x y and z Um I studied human resources. Um I graduated in 2017 I think. I can't remember. <laughs> um but yeah, I've been working at Watson Cape Town for the past um 3 years, almost 3 and a half years. Uh-huh. Um I'm a duty manager and I'm currently assisting with the Ubuntu Beds um NPO. that's been established to health healthcare workers cool basically yeah cool cool and tell us a little bit more about um ubuntu beds um, i think that is such a cool cool initiative that you are involved in do you mind just telling us briefly about what that is about maybe and how you are involved in it Yeah um Ubuntu Beds is a great initiative it basically was established closer to the beginning of lockdown which is sometime in March um mm-hmm. 
But your page is basically established to help the healthcare workers that are currently fighting on the front line against the pandemic, such as we know the coronavirus. Um, it's giving the healthcare workers an opportunity to, like, you know, um, not take the virus from their home, from work to their homes, because some of the healthcare workers do live with their families, of course. Mm. So it, it basically um, stops or tra- prevents the fear of taking the and that anxiety of taking the virus home from from work to homes mm. and spreading it to their families. Um, it also gives like healthcare workers the opportunity to just relax, you know, because they work tirelessly and like some of them work 19 hours a day and they go home and they need to attend to their families as well. So it takes off that strain as to where they can just go to a safe haven as to where we've partnered with various accommodation providers who has given us obviously a discounted rate to um, accommodate these healthcare workers for like approximately two weeks. There are some healthcare workers that have been staying with us for longer than that. Mm-hmm. But like just like one week, two week um, maximum with a possible extension depending on the funding that we get because we are an NPO and we're working based on funding. So mm-hmm. we're trying to help as many healthcare workers as we can. Um, up until date, we've placed about 670-odd healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's doing great. I'm really, I'm really proud to be. It's something I'm really proud of, to be part of this initiative. Um, yeah, my whole being is helping and assisting where I best can. And this makes me feel not just good about myself, but it also makes you see that there are so many human beings out there that are so appreciative and genuine and you can see how much it helps them in so many ways. So yeah, it makes me feel good to be part of this initiative. Amazing. Um, you know, that is, that is really amazing. And, and I know that Ubuntu Beds is a really, you know, cool in, initiative to, to, to be involved in. And I can just imagine all the fulfillment and, you know, all of that, 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 that basically comes with being a part of something um, that is just such an amazing initiative. So you posted a video some, some time ago on, on your Facebook, and that's basically like the, 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 the conversation that I would like to, to, to get into with you today. And it was on forgiveness and, and healing and dealing with grief. And firstly, what inspired that video? And why did you feel that, you know, I'm going to, to create this video and I'm going to put it online and I'm going to share a very vulnerable and personal really you know story of myself like take me through through that and like what what really inspired that okay so as i grew up i always wanted to be like a social worker or just someone that gives advice or is like um there to support other people not necessarily women but and um, I've, always, I've always had this thing where I wanted to actually be a motivational speaker. But knowing mm-hmm. me, I'm actually really shy to some extent. So I have to warm up to people a bit for me to be able to open up. Oh. And, um, you know, when there's a crowd, you get really anxious, especially when you need to speak in front of other people. And um, I have a lot of friends and a lot of them have been obviously confiding in me 
and there were also strangers on Facebook that reached out to me and like obviously I've noted that you know um, I realized that you're a really positive person and I'm going through this and that and the other and I would just like to know if you have any advice for me mm-hmm. and I'm more than happy to always help anyone or talk them through you know I won't always have all the answers but I try to assist as best as I possibly can and obviously in order to be able to assist someone or to talk with them in any way or to give them any advice you yourself have to be in a good space and a good place to be able to do that because you can't mentally take on someone else's um, grief or burdens or whatever they're going through if you yourself haven't dealt with your own burdens or baggage, you know? Mm -hmm. So as some of my friends, we grew up and obviously they know my story, they know my background, they know what I've been through and they've always like told me like, you know, you need to make a YouTube channel or you need to do this or you need to do that and I was like, yeah, things take time. So I was like, the best way that I could possibly get my message across today without having any direct contact with human beings is to make a video. Because mm-hmm. I'm making the video and I'm the only one in the room and I'll post it and they'll see it and they can react accordingly, obviously. But there's not that immediate reaction, you know, as to where I'm talking and someone else is like giving a response or saying, uh, you know, making these random comments that people would normally make during talks like that. So um, I thought that that would possibly be the best way to get not everything, but few, um, like create content here and there about certain situations or topics that has helped me grow into the person that I am today and that has given me the strength to have been able to manage um, the situations that I've been through as I grew up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say mostly the input of people wanting to hear more and how I've dealt and managed with certain situations. Um, that's what motivated me. And also knowing that we have a lot of broken young females um, young people out there that needed to hear that from another young person you know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was the feedback like? Because I, I I saw that the 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 video was shared like quite a few times, and there were so many comments and stuff. And so I could imagine that like the feedback was was quite like overwhelming. Um, yeah. What was that general like feeling like after you've po- after you posted the video and people were commenting? How how were you feeling? What was that like? To be honest, um, I, I'm, I'm like a baby to some extent, so I kind of panicked with the feedback because, you know, whatever you do, especially on social media, you won't always get positive responses because everyone is opinionated and they all have their own opinions. Mm. So there was obviously positive feedback and there was negative feedback, but I shifted my focus on the positive that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, whether attached people or not, that was out of my control, but I know there had to be at least one or two people that needed that. Mm. And there was obviously like, based on the response that I got in the comments and the inboxes and that, um, it was a really proud moment for me that I actually took that step and shared that video and went into that much detail because like, you know, I believe in rawness is rare. And the more open you are about your situation, the more comfortable people will get Mm-hmm. to like being open about these and like acknowledging that they are actually going through the same thing 
And I honestly have received so much messages of people that have been through the situation that are currently going through situations that they didn't know how to deal with it. And they were like, um, thank you so much for sharing this video. Like you really inspired me. Um, I've finally, finally taken, I've taken on your advice and I think this is what I'm going to do going forward. And then there were obviously the negative comments that came from it as to like, you know, you don't have to share your personal stuff like that on social mm. media, blah, blah, mm. blah, which is fine because people feel like, you know, as an individual, there are things that you wouldn't do and there are things that you would do, but you can't always expect people to go with what you're going with. So that yeah. was fine to me. Um, it didn't upset me in any way because I was expecting it and I mentally and emotionally prepared myself for it. So be it negative or positive feedback, I was ready to take it on at any cost. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Um, sure. I, I really like, I really like what you, what you mentioning about focusing on the positives because you mentioned that, you know, when you decided, because I could imagine that it takes a lot of courage as well to put yourself out there in that way you know in such a vulnerable position and you actually did it more than once because you you continued you know with the series of of of, of videos with, on like different topics and things and things that you were like thinking on and meditating on so i could imagine that it took a lot of courage but i love how you say um you focus on the positives instead of focusing and and really you know focusing in on the negative things that basically came with that because Obviously, yeah. like you said, like people have, you know, their different opinions and how they sort of saw things, but you saw this as a, as a moment to, to inspire someone else who might be going through the same thing. Um, I would really just love to know about, and also like, also the content of the video as well was about like forgiveness and, and looking at forgiveness rather than actually focusing on, you know, people and situations that have hurt you. Talk to me more about, about that, about focusing in on the positive, because in your video, you mentioned your mother and how, and your relationship with her. And that wasn't really, you know, the best of relationships, as you mentioned in your video. And how did you get to a point where you were like, okay, I need to focus on the positive. I need to learn how to forgive. Um, I cannot live like this anymore talk to me about about that process and what that looked like okay so yeah obviously um as i grew up um i lost my father at a very young age my father passed away when i was around eight years old and um after my father passed away my mom slowly like let go like she completely deteriorated like she did her own thing um she ended up on the street, of course. Um, we lost our house that we had in Mitchell Spain at that time. Um, and then obviously my father's mother and his sisters took us in. So we started to live with them. And as we grew up, um, my, my grandparents obviously installed a lot of values in us, you know, how grandparents are. Um, based on what they've experienced in the olden days. So um, we grew up in a very, how can I say, respectful home where we were taught a lot of valuable things that I value up until today. And um, my mom was obviously on her own um, bus doing her own thing. And often like we'd get an opportunity to go and see her because 
my grandparents' idea was never to take us away completely from our mother because they knew that was all that we had left as a parent. Mm -hmm. So um, we'd see her like weekends, like every second weekend or so, or we'd see her on holidays. So what my mother used to do is um, she stayed on the street, but what she used to do is because we were still young, we were still like looking and observing, you know, um, Mm -hmm. how young children are. They observe what's happening around them. So we were in that stages of our life as we we just observed, but we couldn't say anything because you are children and, um, you know, it's your mother. You you also want to spend time with your mother. So you, you, to me, it was like we, we kept quiet because that's where we wanted to be. We longed for the love of like my mother and like being around my mother. And also because we don't see her often. So that was like the best opportunity or that was the best times to go and see her. So what my mother would do is she'd like ask my grandparents if they could drop us at this specific house. Uh-huh. And she'd stay, she'd say that she lives in this house. And obviously once they've dropped us at this house then um, and they've left, she'd take us to where she actually stays. Because she knew that if she had like opened up to them and told them like, okay, I don't actually have a house. I live on the street. They would never have allowed us mm. to come and see her, you know, mm. because they obviously want what's best for us. So we lived here somewhere in Mowbray, um, not entirely on the street, but like it was on a crash property. Um, there was some shade. So it wasn't necessarily like on um, under a bridge or something like that. Mm. There was some shade and there were like a few mattresses that we were sleeping on and bedding and stuff like that. And as that time went by, my mother got hooked onto drugs and um, she started sleeping around um, with different guys to get money, but not necessarily to feed us, to more support her drug habit. So like... Obviously, going to school, we learn drugs isn't right and this and that and the other. And I was old enough to know and realize all of that by then. So I started like having this love-hate relationship or developing this love-hate relationship towards my mother as to where like I questioned all the things she do or she did. So like I'd ask her like, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? And um, I actually used to tell on her, like I started to get to that point where I'd actually tell my grandmother them like um, my mom's using drugs or when we came from a weekend, I tell them, so this is where we slept this weekend and blah, blah, blah. So obviously I started to not wanting to go there because I knew for a fact that it wasn't a safe space to go to. Mm. So I didn't go as often as my little brother did. Like he was like a mama's boy. So he'd always want to go. It doesn't matter because he was still very small. So he was just adapting to everything that was going on around him. But as to me, I was more aware of what was happening. So I knew that this is not what I wanted to be. Mm. But obviously, you know, going to school and growing up in school, you didn't want your peers to like pick on you, you know, because at that, those were like the bully stages of my life. So I tried to also protect that in many ways as possible. Like, I I won't lie, there were points where I was really ashamed of calling my mother my mother because of who she was and what she did. And it took a lot. 
eventually she got really sick. She contracted HIV and AIDS. Um, she stopped using her medication and she, she passed away. So what happened was because we didn't have that close of a relationship, I think we only went to see her like once or twice when she was in hospital because we weren't allowed to. We were children. So, you, you know, the TV ward, you're not allowed to go in the TV ward and all of that. Mm-hmm. So we weren't allowed to go and see her, but we saw through this like glass door type of thing, which to me was, uh, it was a super emotional moment because like, and then I realized as a child that this could either mean that she would recover and get out of hospital, or it could either mean that she stays here and she passes away. Like that was the realization moment for me at that point. Mm. Um, she was obviously still in hospital, time went on. And then one day I remember going to school and um, one, it wasn't my friend, but it was a boy who was friends his mom was friends with my mom and for some reason they had found out before we were told that my mom had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I was super in denial that day. I was like, you know what? People talk nonsense all the time. I didn't believe it because it didn't come from like my aunt and them or anything. I still continued. I went to school. Um, he came to me and he was like, Kayla, um, I'm so sorry to hear. I hear your mommy passed away. And I was like, no, she did not. And um, he was like, no, she did. My mom told me this morning. And I was like, super in the now. And I think that that week was our exam week, but it was primary school. So it was like not that hectic. Mm-hmm. So um, I continued. I went to school, came back home. Um, it was obviously a thought throughout the whole day. Like, is, has my mom already passed on? Is it just the rumor that's going around, you know, going on in my head? And eventually my aunt came back from work. She called us into the room and I knew something was wrong because myself and my grandmother had a discussion and I walked in and my grandmother's words were to her, I still remember this very vaguely, it was, um, I'm not going to tell them this. You can, I'm not going to go through this again with them. Then I knew, no, something's definitely not right. Um, my aunt called me into the room. She told me, told me and my brother. I honestly didn't know how to react at the time because there was like this cold type of thing towards me and my mother. So I didn't know how to react. Um, so as I grew up, like as time went by, there was obviously a lot of moments in my life where I had longed for like, you know, a motherly and a fatherly figure. There was moments and achievements in my life where I longed for my mom and my dad to have been present Uh at that point in time. And there was a lot of things that went on during that time, like, you know, bullying. There were um, often family members that would put us down, um, you know, it was there was a lot of exchange of hurtful words and hurtful things that went on in our lives as we grew up, despite what we've already been through. And if there's one thing, oh, sorry, before my mom passed away, she gave birth to a, to my sister, mm. um, who's a she's very healthy. She um, did not contract the HIV or however you call it. So she's very healthy. She's now. 12, 13 years old, um, and she's currently living with foster parents. 
So um, yeah, she was the one that was basically living with my mom on the street um, for the time being when she was born. To the, she, my mom passed away when she was one. So between the time that she was born, she was living with my mom on the street until she was one years old. Um, so I wanted to, you know, my mom, my grandmother was a very inspirational person. So she would like force us to go to church, like tell us you need to go to church. This is what you should do. And she was like my motivator. Like she would like tell me what's right from wrong. I'd go to her to confide in anything. And obviously, despite everything that we go through in life, we need to make choices. And I knew that I couldn't really depend on anyone to make that choices for me in my life. Um, you know, when you go to school, you draw these vision boards and these dream boards. And like, I felt like I was semi-clueless as to what I wanted in life and what I did not want. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, you can say like, in primary school, you can say you want to be a doctor, but when you get to high school, you want to be something else. And when you you graduate from high school and you go to college, you don't know what to study at the end of the day. Mm. So it was in that stages of life, trying to figure out what I wanted to be, what, what, what my potential and personality, where it would fit in and how it would fit in. So there was a lot of hurt that I carried with me throughout the years of um, my mother always used to forget my birthday. Like she never wished me called me on my birthday. I had to call her to like say, you know, mom, it's your daughter's birthday today. You haven't called me or wished me or anything like that. Mm. So there was a lot of hate and grudges and hurt that I held on to for so many years. And um, I we'd have these like we, I was part of a lot of. I always tried to keep myself as busy as possible to avoid sitting down and reflecting and mourning and feeling sulky. So I was part of a ton of after school activities. Like there was music classes, there was dance classes, there was soccer, soccer, there was um, tutoring. I was part of all those extra activities after school. Like I did not want to be at home at all. Um, I wanted to come home when it was supper time, when it was time for me to bath and get into bed so that I'd avoid interacting with anyone. Mm. So that was basically me. I was like an antisocial human being, butterfly, always outside, not negative, doing negative things, but always engaging in positive stuff that makes me feel happy or good about myself. I'd go home, we'd have dinner, I'd take a bath and I'd go to bed. And that's how my routine would go. And up until today, I'm actually still the same. I'm still the same. I go to work. Um, I try to ad- avoid home as much as I can. Not that there was anything negative that happened. But to me, I realized that it was a point as to where when I go home, I'm not going home to my parents. Mm. So I didn't want to put myself in the situation as to where I sit and sulk and think, oh my gosh, my mother's really gone and my dad is really gone type of thing mm-hmm. so I try to keep myself as busy as possible and you know it's not like Hello, I can vouch for mm-hmm. like the situation and like people that have gone through the same situation as I like growing up in foster care and stuff like that the love is not the same you'll never get that love and affection from other people the way you've got it from your own parents mm-hmm. no one would ever be able to fill that void so there was a lot of forgiveness and like there was a point that pushed me where I actually became suicidal, but it was because of what I have been carrying with me for all those years 
and the morning that I never allowed myself to like process things properly and acknowledge that this is a situation and this is how we're going to deal with it type of thing. So I carried all my childhood burdens with me as I grew up. And obviously eventually it reached a point where I didn't want to exist anymore. Mm. I remember my, I think it was my 16th or 17th birthday where I tried to commit suicide. I like took some polls and then I panicked because I realized that I just made the wrong decision and this could either mean life or death. At that point, um, I obviously lied and said that no, I, I forgot that I took my medication, like it's medication for asthma. Right. So <laughs> I overdosed on my, not overdosed, but I took more of my asthma pills than I should have. And I panicked a bit and then they rushed me to hospital. But at that point in my life, I realized that no, this is not how I was raised, was firstly. And secondly, I want to see myself excel in life. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit down and think and process to myself, what is it that is making me feel the way that I am that makes me feel like I don't want to exist anymore? And um, it bottled or it boiled down to things of the past, things that I haven't dealt with, people that I haven't forgiven. Um, situation that I haven't processed properly because I just wanted to let it go. Like I, I didn't want to live there for, but I just wanted to let it go. It happened. It happened to me and it's gone. So I didn't allow myself to fully process and accept all of the things that I've been through. So I realized that in order for me to be able to be the motivational speaker that I want to be, in mm-hmm. order for me to be the listening ear to other people that I want to be or that I aspire to be and um, to just be a person that people that confide in. I need to set myself free of the things that I've gone through and I need to forgive the people that I have not forgiven. Like my mom has passed for, I can't, I don't know how many years now. And it was only in the beginning of last year that I realized that I haven't forgiven my mom for the things that she's put myself and my siblings through. And for someone that has passed, I'm still holding on to, she should have, she should have done this. She should have done that. She should have never chosen this road. She should like more of the blaming game as to what she should and shouldn't have done. Mm. Instead of just like processing that, that's unfortunately the road that she chose. And the end result was the situation that she ended up in eventually. So she passed away due to like, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I had to realize that she was human too, you know, and humans make mistakes. And um, I couldn't hold her accountable for all the things that we have gone through, all the things that she put us through. Um, I needed to accept that I am who I am today because of what I've been through. You know, it it didn't happen overnight. I didn't wake up to be this um, aspiring, strong, independent person that I aspire to be. Um, I had to go through all those things to be this person that I am today. So in order for me to have now realized that, I, I knew that, okay, I need to forgive people. I can't go on without forgiving people. And I won't feel as if I'm set free without forgiving things or giving people like 
I, who am I to hold someone accountable for the study that I didn't receive, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. So we often do, we do wrong unto other people knowingly and unknowingly and that person too within it is expect an apology for something that i might unknowingly like i don't know that i've done something wrong to that person because maybe it wasn't my intention so that person on the other end is might be expecting a forgiveness from me so that's how i try to look at it like i also like do wrong to people maybe i don't know that i'm doing it wrong but at the end of the day they might be expecting an apology from me that I don't know that I should be giving them. Mm. So I try to like put myself in situations and I try to like filter myself into situations as to maybe this is how my mom was thinking. And you know, over-processing can sometimes also lead you to like thinking, no, 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 I'm thinking too much. And it can make you anxious to some extent. So yeah, in a nutshell to me, part of my growth and who I am today is forgiveness. People will hurt you. People will let you down. People will disappoint you. Um, but in order for you to grow and to let go from that that has happened to you, you need to forgive. You know, a lot of situations are more extreme than others. Like, I believe there are people that have gone through much worse than what I have. Mm. But in order for that person to heal the brokenness inside of them, they need to forgive and they need to start taking care of their own mental health. Like at the end of the day, it does start with you. You can't advise someone of something if um, you yourself are carrying on or holding on to things that have happened to you in the past. So I can't say to you, Nelly, you need to forgive someone if they've done X, Y, and Z to you. But I haven't forgiven someone in my life, which is kind of hypocritical as well. Yes. So yeah, forgiveness to me is one of the big parts of healing. Forgiveness shifts you towards healing as an individual and um in order to heal you need to forgive people that have not said sorry to you they don't need to know that you have forgiven them but as long as you know in your heart that you've forgiven them that's fine then you can eventually let go of that situation or that burden that has been pulling you down and like because at the end of the day you still think and you say you know what Nelly actually still hasn't asked me for forgiveness up until this day, or she still hasn't said sorry up up until this day. And it triggers you, and it sits in the back of your mind, and you think about it constantly. And, you know, those thoughts can be let go. Like, you don't have to think of someone who still hasn't said sorry to you up until today. Like, forgive them, move on. Um, We are not gods to hold people accountable for things that they have done to us. We can forgive them what they do with that is entirely up to them. Yeah. Wow. Sure. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. I firstly thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I mean, I would never really, I mean, obviously I can relate to some of, some of the things that you, you are mentioning, but I could never, I, I don't know if I would ever, you know, be able to to have so much courage to to share, you know, my story so vulnerably and so openly with the world. I'm just, I guess, also what you mentioned about, um, you know, taking care of yourself first and making sure that, like, you realize that, you know, if I wanted to 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 inspire other people and I wanted to encourage other people and they were 
confiding in me with their stories and their um, you know challenges and hardships that they have faced um, I had to do to do the work with myself first you know and it kind of yeah. reminds me I think it's um, a bible verse I think and it, it says first remove the beam out of your own eye and then you can see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye and that kind of That's reminded it. me yeah and that kind of reminded me of you know making sure that you are whole and and or you are doing the work on yourself before you can go out and and help others you know um do the work on themselves and i'm just like so in awe of you because another thing is that like i mean like people don't really i mean i would never have imagined I would never have imagined that that is what you have gone through, you know, and it just makes me more appreciative and more grounded, I guess, and humble, you know, to know that, you know, there are people going through so much things out there. And, you know, sometimes when I could also like fall into and experience, you know, my own challenges and hardships to know that people were also going through hardships and stuff, but no one really wears it on their sleeves, you know, no one really wears their pain on their sleeves. Like you would, I, I see you as, you know, really bubbly, confident, outspoken woman, but I would never have imagined that this is actually your story. And I'm so grateful for, for the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm having this conversation with you and you've shared your story so openly. And I'm also interested to know what are some practical steps, like things that people can do or things that you'd like to share or from your journey or like practical everyday things. You mentioned that you 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 realize that you know if i wanted to to carry if i wanted to be the person that i i envision myself being i would have to to take the necessary steps to make sure that you know i am this person who i aspire to be and everyone who's listening to this right now like what are some practical things that you did um you know to 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 sort of facilitate or help you on your journey to forgiving your mom and forgiving you know your 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 family if i can say um i'd say like the practical steps that i took or that are important is to focus on yourself you you can't really hinder a lot on what's going around you if you don't have yourself on a road or if you are not steered into a path that you know okay now this is the end goal and this is where i want to be like set out goals um, work on your dreams for yourself. I am not yet where I want to be, but I am well aware that I'm on my way there. Mm -hmm. um, it's step by step. Everything is step by step. Don't be too hard on yourself. Um, you know, I can remember also like growing up, I always want, wanted to impress uh, my family and make them proud, obviously. So um, when I failed one of my, um, how can I say, modules in, yeah. in college, I was really, really emotionally, emotional, emotional and depressed about it because I felt like I've just let people down. So, yourself from trying to impress people and um, 
consider the fact that or realize that you're actually doing this for yourself you're not doing this for people is the more you have um the more you feel comfortable and in what you're doing and knowing whether or not this is the right thing to do so work on yourself for yourself and then once you are on the path that you feel like is right then you can focus on other people People will always have their, their input or their two things to put in along the way. That's absolutely fine. But um, just know when that two cents is actually sufficient or if it's insufficient funds for your journey ahead, you know? Yeah. So just like establish whether or not like it's relevant or it's not relevant. Is this opinion going to benefit me in any way or is it not? Just also, don't just shut down anyone's opinions. There are people with really good opinions out there and good advice, so to say. So try to take on what you can. If it benefits you in any way, take it. But if it doesn't, and if you feel like, you know, this is actually just someone criticizing me on what I'm doing, shut it down completely, nip it in the butt, don't encourage it, and move along. Mm. And who, who inspires you? Um, who who motivates you and who are some people that you say you can definitely say that it's by observing and maybe being a part of certain circles um or, or rather i mean you don't have to go into like names or whatever but just like what are the qualities and and yeah what kind of people have you kept in your circle to make sure that although i didn't get what i wanted from home I mean, you mentioned that you did a lot of extramural activities and stuff as a way of escaping home. But, but if you look at it in a positive way, um, as much as you were escaping or trying to run away from, from, from home, if I can say it in that way, you were still, you know, pouring into yourself. You were still exposing yourself to different people and different circles. Who, what, are, what are the qualities and what kind of people, rather, is the question. What kind of people were you making sure that these are the people that I am going to bring into my circle because I feel that I have something to give in these spaces and I, can, and I have something to get out of these spaces? Okay, so I basically try to sit around tables with people that are about change mm-hmm. and that are not um, that brings ideas to the plate and then puts it into action, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you often get people that complain about this, complain about that, complain about this, complain about that, but they're not doing anything to change that situation that they are currently in. And to me, that was somewhat super draining to be in situations, to be around people that were con- con- continuously like blabbing about the situation. Like it's a very rare that I'll tell you about my situation. Because I know that there are people that are going through things as well. And what I'm about to vent about might be too much for them to take in at that point. Mm. So to me, it's just like being in an environment with people that want to do more and that want to do more for their communities that want to help. Like I had, a, we were like a group of five, six girls that did this rope scoping competition in school. And um, we were working with mostly girls. It was very rare that it was boys, probably one or two boys that joined the rope skipping competition. But we, to our best of our ability, always tried to make sure that those girls felt loved and appreciated. And we gave them as much affirmation as we possibly can. 
as well as trying to provide them with the best possible resources to better themselves so that they could grow outside of the community. Because, you know, growing a community can be a plus or a minus depending on how you take it. Uh So I'm very proud of the community that I came from. It has its odds and ends, but it's also then again what you make of the situation. Like because of my community, I am who I am today. Because I realize like there's always a there's always a learning learning curve in every situation, I believe. So there's always a lesson to be learned in every situation. So to me it was looking and observing things and saying to myself, No, that is not where I want to be. No, that is not what I want to do, and no, this is not what I want for my life, type of thing. So more observing and looking into like putting yourself in scenarios like imagine a book and or imagine yourself in a situation and say would this situation benefit me for the future or not um we don't always make the right situ- the right decisions as to where that is concerned which is a learning curve at the end of the day you won't always make the best decisions for yourself but you need to learn accept and acknowledge that if you don't make the right decision just get back up and move along again and then go on to the next thing. You can't sulk and think for yourself, oh my God, I just messed up my whole life. Like there's always something that you can counter it with at the end of the day. Mm. Wow. Sure. Those are some really powerful words there. And you, Michaela, you are so self-aware. Like (laughs) you are so self-aware um, and just how, you know, the way you, you speak about, firstly, your story and also just how you observe and you're like quite analytical. That's also like what I'm getting from you that you're like, okay, cool. Does this serve me? Like, is this something that I can bring into where I want to be? And kind of, I get uh, also like kind of very strategic in how you you move around you know in your life to actually help you into where you you want to become you know and who you want to become rather so and i and i and i can understand and i could imagine that that comes with a lot of a lot of like obviously like the challenges and things that you face have molded you have had a role to play in the person that you are and that you are becoming you know but i also get like that you're very very self-aware, you know, and very emotionally intelligent as well. And and I think those are just like, just such powerful qualities to have, you know, as a young woman um, who's navigating life and, and trying to become, working on becoming, you know, the best possible versions of themselves. And I just like, just in closing, um, I, I just want, would love to just hear your last thoughts, maybe, um, you know, just anything that you would like to to share. Um, I know you shared so much already, but um, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like really wanting to just know more and more. Um, yeah, just in someone who's maybe sitting at home during this time, you know, they're not so sure about their next move or they may be dealing with, mental health issues or body image issues or relationship issues or whatever it might be like what would you like to say to that person um you know sitting home who just really needs a word of upliftment and a word of encouragement 
Okay, so yeah, I know I am aware that everyone's like going through a lot of mental health issues at this point in time as it's very, very unclear and dark moments that we are in. So um, what I'd basically just say to someone that's sitting at home in the midst of this chaotic pandemic, um, trying to figure out what their next step is, possibly not having any income, not knowing what to do, unable to provide for their families, etc. Um, I'd say that, um, how can I say, how can I put this? I'd say what's happening now, it's not anybody's fault. This is the, the situation that we're in. It's one of those stumbling blocks that have been placed in our lives. Try to count it with um, a negative, a positive view, sorry. Try to look at it in a positive way that maybe this was the time given for you to sit down and be with your family and create a better relationship with them. Maybe this was a time to be at home and not work because often we get so caught up in work, we don't have time for these little things that are actually of more importance than a job at the end of the day. Like your relationship with your family is more important than your job at the end of the day, even though your job is the one that brings the income to feed your family. So just like restoring broken relationships would be a great time to do so. Taking care of your mental and emotional health would be spiritual health as well would be a great time to do so at this point in time. Trying to find things that you as an individual are good at. Maybe it's not just being a receptionist somewhere. Maybe you have some art skills. Um, you have some painting skills. You are a singer um, at church or something. So maybe try and work on your gifts that you have been blessed with. If you are an artist, if you are a singer, Try to work on that for now. Like try to find things that um, you are comfortable in doing when you're not at work, just to keep your mind busy or active to some extent. And also um, with regards to mental health, health, uh, mental health issues, um, I say reach out to people and talk to them. Um, reach out to a professional and talk to them. The more we bottle up things within ourselves, um, the more complicated things get. Um, eventually, our cup will be too full that it will run over and we'll, it will be too much for us to control at that point in time because we've been bottling up so much that eventually it's now too much for us to deal with. So take care of your mental health. Try to vent, meditate, pray. Whatever you, whatever is your thing to do, to like offload and stuff, do that. Do whatever makes you feel like you've just released a whole lot of negative energy or sulking energy or whatever. Um, yeah, do that. So. Amazing. Okay, cool. So I'm trying to do like this thing on this podcast where at the end of each, each episode, um, whatever like the topic of that um whatever like feelings i i get from like a, a, a podcast episode um for the for the person to just like share three words that the first three words that come to mind when you think of that and for me right now i'm thinking forgiveness so that's like what like the overall um 
you know, feeling and yeah, feeling and vibes I'm getting from, from, from this episode. So what are three, just only three words that you would like the three words, the first three words that come up when you think about forgiveness. Sorry, um, Nelly, you broke up. Can you repeat that again? So, three words that come up um, for you when you think about forgiveness, the word forgiveness. Ooh. Um, reflection. Uh-huh. Um, Self-realization. Mm-hmm. And acceptance. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Amazing. All right. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Thank you so, so much, Michaela. Um, I really enjoyed um, having this conversation with you. Um, and thank you so much, um, you know, for sharing your story, you know, um, like I said in the beginning that I imagine that it takes a lot of courage and self-work to actually be at a point where you can speak so openly um, mm -hmm. about your story, you know, and I really hope that whoever has taken some time to, to listen to this podcast would also be inspired by you and, um, you know, yeah, just inspired to learn, to learn from you and also just to know that, you know, they are not alone. There are so many other people who are facing, you know, the same or even, even more than, 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 than they are, you know, and just sometimes it's just really important to often be in a space of, you know, gratitude and, yeah, and self-reflection, as you're saying, and just um, um, being also accepting, you know, where you are at and, and basically taking the steps um, to to work to where you want to be so yeah i'm 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 really i'm really i really have a lot to 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 reflect on and to think about you know and to meditate on so thank you thank you so much for all your time and yeah this podcast is going to be available on our social media platforms so yeah as soon as it's up um let's engage um let's have these conversations and let us share and yeah let's just really start you know doing the work so thank you so much michaela and you have yourself a lovely day not a problem thank you so much Shelley, for having me and for giving me the opportunity to speak more um, I really appreciate that. And yeah, have yourself a great day too.